Good day, friends, and welcome to Our Power is Within. I'm your host, Chasmith, aka Just Chaz, and I am on a mission to inspire people to take their power back and help people to realize that each and every one of us has a healer within our own self. When we can create an environment that supports healing and get out of our own way, we are truly capable of healing in mind, body, and soul. Whether you've been following along this whole time, or if this is your first episode, thank you for being on this journey with me. I appreciate you. And if you feel called to help me spread the message of empowerment, healing, and possibility, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcast, a five-star rating if and only if I've earned it, and or sharing your favorite episode on social media and tagging me at Our Power Is Within. As a reminder, last week's challenge was to learn something new, and I am curious. What did you learn, or what did you start learning? So I arrived this past week in a whole new city, in a whole new state, all the way across the country on an entirely new coast. So I've been learning new roads and new directions, and you guys, let me tell you, this is definitely keeping my brain um, on its toes, if that makes sense brain on its toes. (laughs) Anyhow, I think you get what I mean. It's keeping me, um, it's keeping my mind active or my brain active and, uh, curious because I spent 17 years coming to understand in the world of direction that going towards the beach was West. And now I need to remember that going towards the beach is East. It's backwards and it's tricking me every day. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. <laughs> my brother keeps laughing at me to constantly correct myself. So anyways, um, let's go into today's challenge. For obvious reasons and based on this episode, our challenge this week is going to be about movement. Yay! One of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so... Let's set a goal to move our bodies every day, even if it's for only five minutes. I truly believe there are many misconceptions about what qualifies or quantifies um, exercise. So I'm going to challenge everyone to think broader than exercise, to think movement in general. Maybe certain exercises aren't in your training zone, but there is probably some way that you can move. Dr. Perry Nicholson from episode number 34 says people think they need to feel better before moving when it's the other way around. This rings so true to me. So I challenge you to consider what ways that you can move your body and then move it a little bit every day, increasing slowly over time. And speaking of movement, actually, do you guys know that I actually teach a free movement class every week designed specifically for the TMS and or brain retraining community? Um, Basically, the class is for anybody who is establishing a healthy relationship in their bodies again with movement. It's designed to be functional, uh, productive movements that are beneficial not only for your body, but also your brain. And we also laugh and play And we create positive associations with movement again to teach your brain that it is safe and pleasurable. So if you are interested in this, you will find a link in my show notes to my website for more information. Um, As I mentioned last week, I had a guest, uh, special guest, John Mills, on the show last week talking all about how human design helped him heal. And this week is going to be part two. Last week was part one, where we focused on human design. And this week is part two, where we focus on movement and specifically biomechanics. I know, big word, but you'll learn and come to understand uh, more about what that means shortly here. Um, so yeah, today's episode is an extension of our conversation from last week, where we go deeper into the biomechanics and how it can also help us on our journey. John is extremely well-versed in movement, biomechanics, and moving with intention. So I truly hope that today's episode inspires you in some way with your body and movement practices. And if you did miss last week's episode, check that out as well, because it's awesome. And on a side note, if you're ever in Sonoma County, California, Northern California, John offers the most absolutely amazing movement classes in an awesome tribe of beautiful people in his facility. 
let's hope that they also eventually offer virtual classes as well so that we can all benefit from his magic no matter where we are. Because I just recently moved and saying goodbye to this tribe of beautiful souls and the gym was extremely hard for me to do. Um, as usual, if you guys have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to me and make sure that you guys follow John along on Instagram and their business page to stay up to date on virtual classics. All the links will be in the show notes. And so with that said, let's go ahead and get into part two. So, okay. I would, if you're, if you're open to it, I'd also love to discuss because human design was one um, element that was a really big catalyst for you. But then like you've kind of brought up a couple times, there's this other element of biomechanics and movement. And I would love to kind of dive into that a little bit and the role that played, how you came into it and discovered it and how you, you know, intuitively understood that it felt like right for you and just, yeah, anything we can talk about. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, that my mind wants to express so many things. I don't know where to start. <laughs> yeah. So um, through this whole experience and surrender and stepping into who it is that I'm meant to be, I was gifted this passion, if you want to call it that, this, this, um, yeah, I'm going to say this passion of something that is very near and dear and important to me. And I help, or I hope I help other people see the importance that it plays for them in their life, which is movement. And, um, it, it, movement is so profoundly deep that it's, it's really hard to, to make people aware, just like the whole thing with like making people aware of how degenerate we actually are as a human species. But like hu all human bodies have micro expressions. I mean, there is nothing like emotions are intertwined with body language. It's, it's unavoidable. It's like, if somebody says something you don't like, and you might be able to be one of those people that has a poker face, well, we have shoes and maybe your pinky toe moved in your shoe. You know what I mean? Like the body has micro expressions and biomechanics is essentially the study of the behavioral patterns of the body and how it relates to movement and not only just movement, but respecting what human beings do best. And so all anthropologists agree across the board that the four main movements that separate us from all other species on planet earth is that we can stand, we can walk, we can run and we can throw. And, and not only can we do it, but we do it with great efficiency because we have these things called slings, our anterior oblique sling, our posterior oblique sling that allow us to create what is called contralateral reciprocation or just opposite hand, opposite foot movements so that we can swim or propel through space. And so um, essentially what biomechanics is, is aligning our body and our behaviors to the physics of this material plane. And this, this goes kind of deep for me because this, it gets a little bit philosophical if, if you will, for me, um, just because for me, like I try to leave, if we could put religion or spirituality or philosophy in a box, if we could just put everything in a box for a second and put it on a shelf, right. And just tackle what is in front of us right here, right now. The truth is that we are experiencing a very physical reality. So regardless of your morals, regardless of your beliefs, your values, systems, or like we're in a physical reality. You know, if you trip and you fall down the stairs, it's not going to feel very good. You're probably going to get hurt, right? If you do not do what is appropriate for your body for a prolonged period of time, you're going to probably get hurt or you're probably going to get sick or an illness or a, dis a dis ease. So we are living in this, 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 this realm of physicality and it has rules. It has a natural law. And one of the ones that is always inflicting upon us that people don't consider is gravity. Gravity is always, it is always. And so there is a relationship to 
how human beings age and following their strategy and authority mixed with gravity. And so essentially what happens is human beings over time become compressed, meaning these joints. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, how we stack. So there's this thing in the body called tensegrity. It's a combination of the word tension and, and the word integrity. And it's about how our body is not, we used to think it was like the bones that moved us. And then we thought it was the muscles that moved us. And now everybody you'll know, like in, in this day and age is getting into fascia training because what we now know, we have the science to prove that the body is a bag. It's actually like a, a fascial bag suspending bones and muscles swimming through space, right? And so tens tensegrity has to do with this idea of how well our tension is holding our body's integrity through movement. And factors like gravity over prolonged periods of time compress us. You know, joints start sitting on joints, right? You have 15 feet of intestinal trackway in your stomach. A lot of people don't know that. 15 feet between your ribs and your pelvis. That's where all your vital organs are, your sexual reproductive organs, the majority of your immune system, right? A huge portion of the lymph system like we talked about, remember? Yeah. So, so what happens is gravity over time lets these ribs sit on the pelvis. You know, the, the, the ribs start to get closer and closer and closer and closer to the pelvis. And what happens is as, as the body compresses and organs get closer together to one another, they lose a homeostasis and they actually stop performing the way that they are made to perform. And then combine that with all human beings are made to spiral. Actually, all organisms are designed to spiral, to rotate. And what happens is most people don't rotate, they stop rotating, and or they're only good at rotating one way. And you see this from people that have dominant traits, like they, I'm right hand dominant, I only write with my right hand, I only do things with my right hand or my right foot. And what happens is the body gets predisposed to movements in one pattern. And essentially what's happening is you have to think of as all your fluid is like a washcloth and you're twisting it one way for your entire life and the water is seeping out. And so you become dehydrated and your tissues become dehydrated. They get calcified. They grow calcium deposits on them. The calcium deposits on them aid in cellular oxidization, meaning the cells become exposed. They're not able to respirate as well, which eventually prevents cellular respiration. And then that's how we die. So like when you, when you kill somebody or when you, you know, when you're, when you're choking or when you're dying, what actually is the cause of the death is the lack of cellular res respiration. Like the cells are no longer respirating. And so this force gravity is pressing on us, creating compression. Human beings, because of our behavior patterns and our decision-making are stuck in predominant predispositions, right? Either we're not saying yes to the right things. We're not saying no to the right things. And so we start to create these posture, these body postures that are a result of our behavior patterns that create dehydration in our tissue. And then gravity just pushes down on that dehydration and then you get the calcification and you get the cellular uh, um, oxidization, lack of cellular respiration. And that's actually what ages us. That's actually what ages us. So um, essentially biomechanics, uh, I told you I'm like all over the place here. Let me try to refunnel it. Uh, <laughs> Biomechanics is essentially, it's, it's like a, um, it's a, it's a roadmap or a foundation that you can come back to, to see how well you are aligning with your physical reality. Okay. So like what I do in, in, in my business is I, I use the gate cycle. So people get on a treadmill and they run as fast as they feel that they can. And I'll, I'll film them in slow motion. And then we can watch that in super slow motion back and, in, in the gait cycle, that's the only movement in the, in the human um, um, species that when you slow it down, every single system is supposed to be operating in conjunction with one another. 
like your central nervous system, your peripheral nervous system, your endocrine system, your digestive system, all of it, all of it is supposed to come together in this ratio format. It's all supposed to be moving in a ratio. And when we slow it down, we can see what system is not communicating with the others. Right. And then we can back that out further. You just keep, you know, re going back, scooting back, scooting back, scooting back till eventually you'll see that it's related to decision-making and behavior patterns. And you can see it in their posture and you can see it in the way that they move. And it also shows up as pain, illness, and dis-ease in the body. So essentially biomechanics is a way of trying to align your vehicle, your body. Remember the human design is about surrendering the, the mind to the vehicle, to the body. It's, it's looking at the subconscious behavior of the body and seeing if you can improve its alignment with the physical realm and the natural law that we are living in. I love it. It's so, you have, you're so good at it. You like really know this stuff. <laughs> you know, all these technical things. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know how much you really know about like, say a brain retraining program. Um, do you know much about them? Um, this is like, uh, what's, uh, Joe, Dr. Like, Joe Dispenza. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. have actually like a specific brain retraining program, but he is all about using like meditation in a sense to help reprogram the brain, the mind. Mm -hmm. Um, so something I've been in a brain retraining program and something that I know like the way that biomechanics makes sense to me is I almost feel like in a brain retraining program, we are rewiring um, and we're kind of rewiring like the neural pathways of the brain specifically. And when I look at like biomechanics, I honestly feel like we're rewiring instead of from the top down, we're rewiring from the bottom up because we're actually using the vehicle, the body, and we're putting ourselves into like certain movements that honor our like primal, like, essence, like how we're, how you, how we're supposed to move, um, in order to be optimized. And, um, and so I kind of, that's how I understand it is I'm, yeah. I'm rewiring from the bottom up. I'm using one tool to rewire top down, but now I have this beautiful vehicle or tool or system to use, to rewire my vehicle and move, um, from the, the from the bottom up. Correct. Yes. Well, I like that explanation. And it's, it is 100% that, and both are equally valid. Um, there's a book called Anatomy Trains by Dr. Thomas Myers, and he is basically the leading forefront that discovered these fascial systems by using a different sets of cadavers, that the muscles are not in isolation, that our muscles are, are woven together by this huge connective tissue that encases our entire body called our fascia. And our fascia is a neural network that can actually access the gene expression. So when you move your, fa when your fascia is hydrated and you are moving in a way that, uh, supports, um, our human blueprint, you can change your genes. You can, you can alter your predispositions. You don't have like when somebody goes, sorry, those are just the cards you've been dealt. It's like, uh, uh we can change mm -hmm. that by putting the right pressures on it. Right. And in his book, he discusses working with patients that have anxiety and depression. And he explains that, there is a chemical equation that is going to the brain, right? So for instance, um, somebody who is depressed or anxiety might elicit a kyphotic rib cage position, which is where the ribs in the front kind of fall down towards the pelvis and you get a big curve in your back. You can think of somebody who's, you know, 70, 80, 90 years old and they're kind of hunched over, their head comes forward, a forward head posture. It's also the kid with the backpack on at school that's kind of maybe bullied or shy or doesn't really want to be there. That posture that you're thinking of right there, that's kyphosis. And in this position, your lungs actually can't expand and contract to their fullest degree, right? And so what is this, the chemical signals that are going up to your brain and communicating to your brain are setting a certain level that is keeping you at the homeostasis for depression and anxiety. And what he discovered mm -hmm. is that it didn't matter if people did the mental therapy. It didn't matter if they were going to do the counseling or talking about the problems or taking prescription medication. If they didn't fix the vehicle, if they didn't fix the body, what would happen is it would, the problem would resurface. So essentially it's like, you know, let's say they go and they do that mental reprogramming. They get the, they get, they get the hurt out of the head. 
but if they did not fix the body, the lungs are still communicating a um, chemical equation of depression and anxiety to the brain. And so what he found out happens is the brain looks to the body and goes, yo, dude, we're not depressed anymore. I need you to start pumping me some more chemicals. And the body goes, sorry, dude, this is all we, we like. We can't. This is the best we can give you. And so because the brain is no, not being supported by the body, it pulls itself back into a state of depression and anxiety. Hmm. Whereas when he found that if somebody was doing the mental work and he could actually fix the fascial system to allow the rib cage to come up off the pelvis to create a T-spine extension, a thoracic spine extension to expand the rib cage and be able to take in that full breath. Now there is a different chemical equation that is going to the brain that can support the brain's new thought process. Mm -hmm. And so he basically helped us understand and discover that if the body isn't going through it as well, the mind won't heal. Mm -hmm. The body has to be going through it as well so that it's giving the right chemical equation to the body to heal. I found that, that was fascinating. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, well, and they say there's something, they say all the time, there's something so valuable about how you like stand and how you be in space, like how you move in space. Like, what do they call it? The superstar pose. And it's all about like, you know, like being tall and like having your chest up and, um, and like just, like they say sometimes, like even when you fake it till you make it, like being able to hold those postures that say, I'm confident, I'm this, you know, like it starts to express itself in reality. Right. And, you know, it's coming back to like tensegrity, tension, integrity in your body. Integrity is the immune system's ability to hold tensile strength in our posture. So that kind of like blew my mind. It literally translates to your immune system will dictate your posture, mm -hmm. right? So if, if, the, if the immune system is compromised, your posture will also coincide with compromise, whether that's, you know, the kyphotic curve of the spine, super anterior tilt or lower doses of the back, the knees knocking, going inward, flat feet. Like it's a collapsing in of itself on the body. It's letting gravity win biomechanically mm -hmm. gravity is winning and when gravity is winning and it's not like we can ever beat gravity we're supposed to just align with it but when gravity is winning and we are not even decompressing from it that's where injury happens that's where somebody rolls an ankle that's where somebody tears an acl or has hip dysplasia or you know uh, pulls a muscle or whatever that's that's where the injury can set itself is when our immune system's integrity is compromised yeah yeah that makes so much sense and it's like because i know i know a lot of times um people end up with like things in their body and they think that 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 thing caused the pain and it's not always that thing that caused the pain sometimes it's the pain aka the emotion the emotional pain that caused the shift in the body because the body is a representation of that emotion of the emotion yes i mean and when you're really when you have good kinesthetic awareness like understanding of your body's position in space there's like three pain indicators before you're actually in pain there is there is like, oh, that didn't feel right. That didn't feel good. Then there's like the approaching uncomfortability, right? Like this doesn't feel right before the third, which is actually the pain. So mm -hmm. when somebody is like, oh, ow, I just hurt my knee. It's like, no, if we were in tune with our body, we back up. There was a warning. There was warnings that you're, there's something was going to give. And then before that, there was something didn't feel right to you. It could have been as simple as like, you know, um, you got invited to play tennis, but your body said no, right? Strategy and authority. Your body was like, not today. I want to have a, I want to have a hermit day, but you didn't want to make the other person feel bad. So you went anyways, that could have been the first line of defense. Like, Hmm, something didn't feel right. And then while you were playing tennis, there was a movement that, that like twinged the knee or like, didn't feel right. Didn't feel comfortable before you actually get to the I tore my ACL, right? There's, there's, there's a, there's steps before we get to that pain. And it's always rooted back into our decision-making and our ability to be aware of our body in space. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we use biomechanics then. Um, and like you were saying, functional patterns, functional yeah. patterns is a system to, ex to uh, help our body express our natural like biomechanics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Naudi Aguilar, that is like, say whatever you want about him. He is a, he's a human being who is, I find that is putting in the work and is on the brink of some stuff that is yet to be discovered. And mm -hmm. so he has a podcast. That's a great place to start. It's called the functional podcast to just kind of get into his brain of what he's trying to do with biomechanics. Um, but then yes, his system functional patterns for me is what kind of brought the mainstream awareness of this fascial sling training. And, and I, I use my, like I've been in the fitness industry for 12, 13 years. I did the NASM thing. I did the, you know, sports medicine thing. So I, I kind of have like my hybrid methodology to it, but it's all based on, um, his relevance. You know, he taught me the importance of living life habitually or living life intentionally, not habitually and training intentionally, not habitually. Meaning like don't approach your workouts because it's Monday and you need to work out. What are you doing? What are you doing? What is your intention today? What are you trying to work on today? Like from the bottom up, like, Hey, this is what needs to be improved on my gait cycle. So I'm going to work on X, Y, Z. And my intention is to, uh, whatever to do it with stoic, stoic face or to do it with a smile on my face or what, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So it's like everything down to the T for me is movement and how I program for class or program for my clients or even program for myself is like intentional. It's, it's, we're going into this really, really, really specific. We're not just going through motions. We're not going through movement patterns. This isn't a, a class you come take after your nine to five job just to go move your body. You know, it's, it's not like that. It's like you're coming in to really sit with yourself, to look at yourself in the eyes, to look at your dysfunction, see what's going on, what can be fixed, what can be improved. Do you have pain? Do you have illness? Do you have dis-ease? Where do you need to start? Right. And, and be very specific and very intentional with it. And I feel that his system of functional patterns kind of gave me the tools to learn how to do that better. Yeah. 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 And I love it. I love the idea because I mean, I think in life in general, I know for me, something that is so important to me is to like live with intention. And if I want to live with intention and if I want to go through life with intention in all these other facets, why wouldn't I also want to move with intention? Mm. Um, and, and, Exer, you know, in quotation marks, exercise with intention. Cause I don't really even call it exercise. I just like, to me, exercise is a, a, um, a subtitle of how people approach movement. Right. It's kind of a yeah. novelty or yeah. trivial. It's a no it's like a novelty. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, rather than like, I do this because so, because I, I thought I was supposed to do this, or I did this because someone told me I needed to do more of this or to not have any intention or purpose behind it. But like you said, to kind of just where you're just going through the motions. Right. Um, I mean, it's just, I, I love this quote. It's, um, I don't know who, who said this quote, I can't remember, but it's, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And something with my coaching background that I always taught people was um, how I, what I love about movement is it is an expression of so much. It's like how, so if I can show up and I can move with intention, this is an expression of how I show up in the rest of my life with intention. Yep. And, yep. Um, you know, like you said, to explore, show up and look at yourself in the eyes and explore then like that can carry into other areas and facets of life. Right. And, and just for argument's sake, you know, to put it to put it from the beginning to the end together, if the human design system is a tool that shows that we are in fact all incredibly unique and different to the trillionth degree. I mean, there are no two humans that are alike. The system shows this, right? Then by default, we are also here to express ourselves completely different in our authentic self as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, the two and two just makes sense together. Like if, 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 if running 
is what human beings are designed to do. And there's no other land animal that can do it the way that we can do it. And every single system is supposed to come together and work together in a ratio aspect to perform that motion. And you're supposed to be able to do it without fear of hurting yourself, right? Then to me, it makes sense to train the body in a way that respects that. Because if that is the ultimate proving ground, and that's essentially what it is for me, is somebody's gait cycle tells me what's going on with them uh, with their immune system. It tells me what their health problems are. It tells me what their relationship problems are. I mean, like I've been doing this long enough to where you can get somebody on the tre- on the treadmill and you can see through their gait cycle that there's been sexual trauma. You know, like there things come up, the body tells a story, it expresses a story. And if, if, if the gait running in great rate, and there is no like perfect sprint, but there's, there's a, there's an ideal running pattern that we should all strive for. And then ratios that we're looking for ground contact, what's moving too much, what's what's not moving, what's syncing up late, what's moving counterintuitive to locomotion. But like when we can get all those pieces coming together, if you're looking at somebody who's running with all those pieces together, I'll show you somebody that is not in pain and is not sick and is honoring their strategy and authority. Do you know what I mean? It's like the, the more you are healthy, essentially, and the more you are authentically you and the more you are moving in a way that respects the material world that we live in, your gait mechanics will also improve in parallel. Mm-hmm. There's no hiding it. There's no, there's no way you can get on a treadmill and run proficiently and like with, with no, nothing showing up in slow motion and be like, oh yeah, I, I tore my, I have a torn ACL or, you know, I'm really, really stick, sick with X, Y, Z, you know, it, it, sh- it shows up. You can't hide it. It's un, it's the unconscious. Mm-hmm. It's where you access the unconscious. What's happening underneath the veil what's happening when we slow you down to whatever frames per second and see what your unconscious body and behavior is saying about you and your behavior and your and your behavior patterns yeah yeah that's wild i didn't know i'm learning new stuff um (laughs) i feel like this is just obviously for me this is not universal but when i think of running when i think of being able to run like you said free of pain and free of the fear of pain for me i can't think of anything else that is that symbolizes that level of freedom like for mm. me that's what it means like that's my goal cuz i'm not there yet but that's mm. my goal is like i hold this vision of being able to run free of pain and free of a fear of pain and when i think of that i can't think of anything else that could symbolize freedom in the same yeah. way yeah yeah. You know, because you, it's, it's primal. Yeah. You'll hear some people think it's like, Oh, if I could fly, yeah. it's like, no man, it's running. It really yeah. is running. And you know, doing this as long as I have, I can't tell you how many clients that I've have told me, well, I don't like running. And it's like, no, that's not true. You just don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I, yeah, that's the absolute truth. Cause when you actually hit every single system in its ratios in that 10 segregate, you operate in this parasympathetic state. I can't, even, it's like taking a psychedelic. You can, you can go do sprint mechanics. You can do like a 40 yard sprint and on your walk back, get downloads about your truth and your reality and your relationships and your, you know, and then go again and you come back and you're getting another download about something different and go again, right? Like sprinting when everything comes together, it's, it's the complete, like that's meditation to me. That's, that's Mm -hmm. what it's like complete cellular homeostasis, everything operating in cadence with one another in perfect harmony in perfect rhythm. There is nothing that is more meditative, transcendent or enlightening than the body being able to create locomotion with every cell in its body operating for the same goal or the same achievement. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so the, the human body wants to run. People who don't like to run don't know how. And that's okay. Like that's what we do. We teach them how, right? That's, that's, 
that's where my job comes in as I, my hope is that people who come to work with me learn to love running because there's mm-hmm. like, there's just no greater freedom than being able to express yourself with movement and not being afraid that you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. And I think, and I know from personal experience, like, I don't know that I would say today, I like running. I just know that that's the goal. Right. right. But I think sometimes it's like, we don't like it because it hurts because we're not doing it right. Or because uh-huh. there's something else, some other dysfunction in our body that needs addressed, you know? And so it's just expressing that. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. like when you're at that stage, that's a good stage. Cause now you're at the problem solving stage. Cause what you just said has less to do with you not like not liking running and more to do with like, how can I do this more efficiently or more mm-hmm. proficiently? Right. It's, it's more about going back to what we we're talking about people who are not wanting to deal with inconveniences that don't like running. Like that's where we have an issue or a misconception with the brain and the body. Well, I don't like to run. Why? Cause, cause it's hard or cause you know, cause it's like, it takes energy that I don't want to give like, okay, well there's no helping you out there. Like you have to be willing to summon the enthusiasm and the courage to at least give it a try. And then once you get to the stage of like, okay, I want to get there to where it's fun, but right now it's not because my calves really hurt at the end every time I run or my quads or I get too gassed out, I get too tired. Now we're in problem solving mode and this is the great place to be. You've got past the inconvenience of running. You're now doing it. You're understanding the benefit of it. And now we can just fine tune it. And that's the fun part. That's where like you download something in your body. Maybe we do a chamber sequence or maybe we do some sort of segmentation in class and then you go run and you're like, Oh my God, it's completely different. I'm experiencing this run completely different. And then you come back to the drawing board and it's like, okay, it was 80% better here, but now I'm noticing something right here in my hip. Cool. We do another, you know, we put that on the map, we figure it out and then you go and you do the run. And what you'll notice is over time, putting these things together is running starts to happen. It starts to come together and the feeling of freedom that you get from it, like you're talking about, makes you want to do it. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing else for exercise that you would want to do or quote unquote exercise than run. Yeah. And I'm not, t- I'm not talking like, you know, 10 K's or anything <laughs> like that. I'm, I try to keep things relevant to our human species. I don't really know. I haven't really wrestled with how far a human being would need to actually run in our primal nature. But I, I like to pretend that maybe if you needed to run to the nearest other tribe to let them know about something that was coming as far as imminent danger, maybe like a mile, two miles, right? To get to their camp. So you practice running a mile or two miles, or maybe you're practicing doing some sprints, or maybe it's only a quarter mile to start, right? But it, it doesn't take much. You don't need to be like a 10K or a marathon runner and be like, I love running. That's not the kind that I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the feeling that you get from running and knowing that everything is connecting the way that it's supposed to connect. Yeah, totally. Okay, and so um, there's a conversation that um, has been happening with a group of people that I'm uh, connected with who are, you know, in the retraining phase of getting their body ready to be able to handle things like um, exercise and, and movement again. And a common question is how is it possible to learn to run and do it in a parasympathetic state? Is it possible to like not experience so much, um, so much, um, like, I can't think of the word, like can neurotrans, uh, neurotransmitters, you know, and Mm -hmm. can I like actually run and stay in like a place of calm? And I, 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 my opinion is yes, if you get dialed in on the mechanics and what are your thoughts on that oh yeah definitely Mm -hmm. definitely 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 and uh, like that's coming from me as through the experience of of going through that journey i mean running used to hurt the shit out of me (laughs) and i spent years trying to like unveil my biomechanics and they're still not perfect but i'm at a place where it's not hurting me when i run and it's like when i get into it and there's a flow it's parasympathetic for sure Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there, there's steps. You can't just like, all right, I'm ready to start moving my body. Let's go sprint and get parasympathetic. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, hold on. Like, remember we have hundreds of years, like generations of degeneracy, like 
your problems with your bones and your tissues and your joints may not even be yours. So like you got to do some soft tissue, you know, you got to get into some myofascial release. You have to learn how to put tension into your body. You have to learn how to decompress, like, which is super important because if you don't understand gravity and how to move decompressed, you don't actually know how to move with gravity. And there, and then you can't get parasympathetic when you run because your running is just compressive. It's like your foot is striking the ground hard and everything's compressing from ankle, knee, hip, you know, rib cage, spine, neck. It's jarring every time it hits the ground. So you have to learn how to decompress. And then you have to learn some basics. You have to learn how to reciprocate, you know, your anterior and your posterior oblique sling. And then now you're at a stage where it's like we can kind of put that math on the gait cycle. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I've done some soft tissue. I've hydrated my, 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 my fascia. It doesn't hurt. It's not inconvenient to myofascial release anymore, right? Um, I know how to create good intra-abdominal pressure pressure because I'm saying yes to the things I should be saying yes to and I'm saying no to the things I should be saying no to and I know how to decompress to get my ribs up off my pelvis you know and I know how to reciprocate opposite hand opposite foot and how to rotate my ribs I'm ready to try and go for a nice like half mile jog yeah and then and then and, and then don't don't beat yourself up if it's not like what you expected it's like that now you're on the now you're in the learning stage. Now it's like I ran a half mile and it's better than anything that I felt before, but it still hurt my ankle. Cool. Let's bring that back to the drawing board because your ankle is not meant to hurt. It's something in the way that you're running that is causing compression in the ankle, right? And then so we might revisit some new soft tissue and then decompress the ankle and then reciprocate around the ankle. You know what I'm saying? And then you put it yeah. all back together again. So it's a, it's a process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And okay. What is your opinion? Could you, for anyone listening, let's just say there's some people who are still at a phase in their healing, their physical realm where they're still experiencing dis-ease, um, illness and things like that, where they're, they really aren't ready to even start anything like, um, running yet, but it's something that they want to set a goal to work towards. What do you have any recommendations for some really foundational, simple movements that people could begin to incorporate that are still providing benefits to work them towards that goal while they hold the intention? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually have kind of two minds answers about it, if that's cool with you. Uh -huh. So the first place to start for anybody who is looking to use movement as a modality to help them with their healing process, 1000% start with a 10 week course from functional patterns. There's like, there's no better place to start. Uh, it's like the, the video is beautiful. Naudi explains everything that I've explained here biomechan about biomechanics, probably better than I did. And you'll get myofascial release. He'll talk you through posture, decompression, and even some basic corrective exercises to begin to get you to that phase, to get you to that step. So without any doubt, that's the place to first start is you can go to, they have an Instagram at functional patterns or their website, www.functionalpatterns.com, their products, 10 week course. That's like, that's easy. You can access it from your home, 10 weeks worth of material. He explains everything thoroughly and he does it along with you. There's no better place to start if you're considering to start moving your body. Okay. Cause that's like mm -hmm. ground up. You're starting with soft tissue. You're starting with core integration. You're starting with posture integration. And then he eventually teaches you how to reciprocate. So everything that I was just saying before you go put it on into your, your live fire. Right. And then kind of my philosophy to it, like e even if maybe you're not even there, maybe you're not even ready for the, the move aspect. You're just, you're just dealing with discomfort. Right. My experience is um, in, in the human design, I'm motivated by what's called fear. And the way that fear is meant to be understood is that it's not about being afraid. It's about needing to know. It's a, like the, the only reason we're fearful of anything 
is because we don't understand or know the outcome of it, right? It's like, well, I'm afraid. Well, what is that? You're afraid because right here, right now, you don't know what that's, how that's going to turn out. Right here, right now, you don't know what's going to become of that thing. And that's where fear comes from. And so what fear really is, is the need to know. It is the desire to know, to understand so that I can have a firm foundation so that I no longer need to be afraid about this thing. That's what it is, right? And fear creates movement, right? I mean, going back to the earliest human humanoids that walked the earth, the fear for weather change and how to find shelter, the fear for food, who, who am I going to sleep with? Who, who, where am I going to get food? Where am I going to, you know, that fear created movement or motion to get people to solve those problems. They had to, otherwise they would die. Right? So when I think about like mechanics or movement or, or, or discomfort, it goes, for me, it goes like this. It's, this fear or this need to know is going to create some sort of movement within me. And this movement within me is going to change my breathing pattern to a certain degree. Mechanics change breathing pattern. And then through that breathing pattern, I'm going to yield an emotional experience. Okay. And you can kind of put anything into that equation, such as, you know, um, going, going, listen, we've been talking about going for a run. So like, I need to know what it feels like when I run. There's fear right there. I'm afraid to run because I don't know what's going to happen. Well, now you need to. You need to know what's on the other side of that veil, right? So that's going to create motion. I'm going to start going for a run. And those mechanics are going to alter my breathing because we don't breathe the same way when we run as when we're walking or when we're sitting still. And then after that experience, I'm yielded some sort of emotional experience. Like either that was really good for me or I hated it or whatever, right? How about with intimacy? The fear of I need to know what it's like to be intimate with this person creates the motion of actually being intimate. And when people are being intimate, there's a different breathing pattern than people are sitting or walking. And then it yields an experience of, wow, that was beautiful or wow, that wasn't really my thing. Right. So it's like this, that our desire to need to know what is on the other side of this fear that we're dealing with is actually the thing that perpetuates the motion and the motion changes our breath and the breath changes our experience. And that's the easiest, like, like that is the best way to start is I think a lot of people are under the illusion that they can't start something or they can't start moving their body until, and whatever until is, it's until X, Y, Z. Well, I can't until X, Y, Z. Well, I can't until X, Y, Z. Well, I can't until X, Y, Z. And it's kind of the other way around. It's, it's like you have to start the movement so that the breath can change so that the experience can change. And here's where it gets a little tricky. And I don't want to lose like you or anybody on this is sometimes movement is no movement at all. Tuning into the boring, like, like sitting and doing absolutely nothing, avoiding yourself of distractions, get rid of your phone, get rid of your computer, turn off your TV and social media. That shit ain't helping you out anyway, right? Like get rid of all the distractions and just be in nothing. That even changes your breathing pattern, which changes an emotional experience. And so it's, it's quite easy to get started. The hardest part is convincing yourself to do so. Does that make sense? It's oh, like, 100%. it's like, it's like the, the being almost has to seduce themselves into doing the thing that they know is going to be good for them. Mm-hmm. Always. You're right. Because <laughs> the hardest part is just like the initiation to get started. But once you're, once you're doing it and going through the motions, things start to change. So whether that's you are like, so for you were asking for people who are just in incredible discomfort, they're not feeling good, they're ill, they're in pain. They're, what What is the fear? What is the imminent fear that you are dealing with in your life? Is it the fear of losing your life? My question to that is, are you actually living it? Is it the fear of that you'll never get better? My question to that is, have you tried everything? Because there's always something that we're not considering. Or 
have you asked somebody for help? Remember that I was mine. Like, have I, have you actually opened up and asked somebody for help? So what is the fear? And then that fear becomes your need to know. And that need to know is going to create some type of movement in your life, whether that is completely removing distractions and sitting still and tuning into the boring and just focusing on your breath and trying to look at life peripherally until you're so bored that you fall asleep or whatever, until you get that enlightenment perspective that you needed to get about what the situation is that you're going through, all, all the way up to maybe it's you actually need to go outside and do some movement, or maybe you need to grab a foam roller and do some soft tissue. And maybe it's even something in between, such as the movement that takes place when you start saying yes to the things you need to say yes to and no to the things that you need to say no to. And everything in between, everything in between, that's how movement works. And every single one of those will change the way that you are breathing and that will change the way that you are experiencing. Yes. That's, that's, that's kind of how it works. So, so from, from the, the ground zero, I can't do anything. I'm in discomfort. I'm in pain. Great. What's the fear there? Start to move with it. Let it change your breath. Let it change your experience is what I would say. Yeah. Look into your strategy and authority. Maybe it, maybe it really is something as simple. I, I, this is just my opinion, my hypothesis, but that I'll spend the rest of my life conducting the experiment to find out if it's true or not. But my opinion is that all dis-ease is rooted into our ability to make decisions. Everything is actually like, like we are here, we have this free will, right? We have this free will to decide everything in our life. We're not victims. We're not victims. Like the only thing that we actually have complete control over is our ability to say yes and no to what we want to say yes and no to. So and, true. Right. And that makes us the anti-victim that make that puts us in control, even though, you know, we're not in control. Like we don't get to control the factors that come that we say yes and no to, but we get to say yes and no. Right. And that is a paradox. It's what puts us in control. And so that's where I would start is, is, is maybe learn your strategy and your authority. That could be a movement that changes your breathing, that changes your experience. Tune into the boring, remove your distractions, sit in complete silence. That'll change your breathing, it'll change your experience. Or if you feel like maybe your discomfort is at a level where you can start moving your body, like I said, look into the 10 week course, get some mile fascia release done. That's a great way to start to hydrate or put water back into the body. And at the same time, remove toxins or like push, help push toxins out through the tears that you're going to have that it brings up when you hit a really vulnerable spot that you're releasing or the sweat that you're going to have because it's, it's so intense or the, uh, the urination that you have after getting rid of the toxins that you're releasing because that's the only way we hear an heal ancestral traumas it's through our water it's our tears our sweat or our urine that's it it's the disposing of that of how we how we heal that so and then and then like i said anything in between yeah that wow. would be my i love it you have a that's a really great um beautiful explanation thank you i appreciate it yeah that. Well, thank you for sharing for I wasn't everybody. sure how, I, I just kind of was like, wasn't sure how I was going to be received. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I personally think it's a really brilliant um, and simple, but profound way of, you know, approaching. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, for me, like the first half of, of my life existence has been being afraid mm -hmm. of everything, of everything. I mean, I, I put myself so far in the back burner and put so, so everybody else so far in front of me, you know, just afraid of everything, afraid of conversation, afraid of uh, sociality, afraid of saying what I really wanted to say, afraid of relationships, afraid of death, afraid of, afraid, 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 afraid. And I had to turn, I had to open up. What is fear? What is this afraidness that I have. And I, I learned that it's just the need to know you're only afraid of that stuff. Cause you actually don't know and understand what comes after or what's on the other side. And so that made me kind of like the scientist of my own life. It's like, okay, so if I conduct experiments to discover what is on the other side, maybe I don't have to be afraid anymore. 
Yeah. And I felt, and I felt like that gave me the tools and the encouragement and the power to change the process, to not be afraid, to not be the victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, okay. I want to ask one more question. Cause we have been, I know we've been going for a long time here. Um, <laughs> one piece of advice, if that's all you could give, if there, or like, let's just say there's one message that you want to share with the world. Like if you thought my purpose is to share this one message, do you know what it is? Hmm. That's so tough. (laughs) And if that one's tough, you can stick with like one piece of advice for anybody who's out of alignment, who's feeling the dis-ease, the illness, the pain. Yeah. I think I had, I pulled your chart. You have your G defined, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great G question. Um, I have an undefined G identity center. And so when it comes to like absolutes, as far as my identity or this love that I'm trying to bring to the world or this, this, this philosophy or this way, it's kind of, it's, it's, um, it's not consistent. Uh You know, my, my G is open. So I'm in a sense, a lot more like a chameleon. There's a lot of things that I want to do and a lot of things that I want to say and a lot of different modalities that I want to try to, you know, include. And so like just hundreds came up in my head as you were asking, but um, is, is it too um, cliche to say to honor your authenticity not at all and the the reason why that might i guess in my mind sound cliche is because what the hell does that even mean (laughs) you know like people there's obviously i mean i thought i was being authentic when i got sick so if somebody would have told me like honor your authenticity i would have been like i am what do you mean you know um same yeah, I've been yeah. there. Yeah, so I guess discover would, <laughs> discover your authenticity yeah, it, so you can it, honor it. Would it. Be, it would be to not operate under the illusion that you you have it all figured out. Beautiful. Like if if you did, you wouldn't be hurt. You wouldn't be sick. You wouldn't be in pain. You wouldn't have illness. You wouldn't have dis-ease. And the fact that you do is exactly telling you that you don't yet have it all figured out. And like we talked about earlier, that's okay. That's, it's okay to not be okay. But um, I would say that authenticity is a journey. It's a road that gets met with a feeling in your body of having no pain um, and moving in a way that, that is really well and feels very free. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good, like honor your authenticity. And if you don't know what that is, check in, are you experiencing pain and are you moving well and free? And if you aren't, you haven't discovered your authenticity yet and that's okay. That's super okay. And there's lots of modal like we've talked about, there's lots of modalities to, to figuring it out. Mine was, the human design and biomechanics. And maybe that's a great place to start for somebody that, you know, might be listening to this as a way to maybe they're going like, huh, well, I thought I was pretty authentic, but I am in pain. I am feeling ill and I don't move really well. Where's a good place I could start. Yeah. Maybe try pulling your human design report and looking at that and being like, maybe just the hearing the strategy and authority of being like, Hey, you're here to respond and you've been initiating your whole life is going to be like, Whoa, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's honor your authenticity. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. All seven plus billion people on this planet or planet are supposed to be divinely authentically unique and we need it to make the world go around. And if you're just trapped in a, in a role, if you're just playing somebody that you're not, it's not serving you and it's not serving us. We need you and your authenticity. So honor that authenticity say yes to the things you mean to say yes to and start saying no to the things you need to say no to i find that one to be more in alignment with people people are not saying no so learn how to say no learn how to set your boundaries and if you're not sure you're not sure if you're authentic 
do you move well and are you out of pain? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, cool. Like we got, we got some places to start. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> it, 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 can, it simple is always better. Um, okay. And then the last question I really want to ask is uh, two part one, where can people find you if they're um, really drawn to what you're sharing today and they want to uh, connect with you? And two, um, I'm, I'm curious, do you, for anyone who may be really connected to you and drawn to like your message and they um, are interested in learning more through you, but they're not in Sonoma County, do you have any intentions of ever having anything in the future, any kind of programs or, um, you know, yeah, just offerings that will be available uh, from a distance for people? Cool. Yeah, it's great. I'll work from backwards in. So 1000% yes, I plan in the future to have access or tools for people. And it's it's actually already, we're, we're developing a demand for it right now. And so I'm, I've already gone into the mental space of considering what that would look like and how that would be for those that are feeling connected and wanting to work. I, I do plan on connecting a source that combines what I do with the human design into the movement that I do with the biomechanics, but it will, the prerequisite for it will be the 10 week course from functional okay. patterns, because a lot of what I want to get into isn't the myofascial release and the general posture and body awareness. I want to get into the nitty gritty of that authenticity and how it shows up disingenuous through movement and what genuine movement looks like. And so, um, the 10 week course would be the, per the perfect place to start. You're not going to get the human design element, but you'll get the biomechanic download. And I, I truly believe Naudi is one of those guys that he probably more so or not stumbled into his design without really knowing it. So that's, that's the, that's a good place to start. And then yes, in the future, we will have, um, tools and references for people to have access to. And then as far as maybe you just want to get a better understanding of like the human design. I do offer human design readings and um, there's a couple of different places that you can reach me. So I have a personal Instagram account and it's at the Royal rogue. Um, our business Instagram account is at movement dot by dot design. So it's movement by design with periods in between. And then we have a website um, movementxdesign.com. So movementbydesign.com, but the X. So that's the platforms in which you can reach me and contact me and kind of see what I'm doing and, and how I'm using what I know or operating um, in this field. And then, I'll, like I said, I, I offer human design readings through that. If you're really curious and want to dive into that, like maybe this sounded like, ooh, this is like, I want to know more than just my strategy authority. I want to know it all. Tell me how I'm supposed to eat, where I'm supposed to live, like all, tell me it all. And um, I love to just totally nerd out on that shit. So um, I'm, I'm always available for human design readings. And then, yes, in the future, we will have some sort of uh, platform for people who are interested in both modalities to take advantage of. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your time today and for just this gift of sharing your wisdom. I, I know this was a two full hours of your day that you uh, <laughs> showed up for me and everyone listening to share wisdom and just help to contribute to making the world a better place. Well, I just, I'm, I can't even express my gratitude and my thanks for like even considering me and having me on your show that means that means a lot to me and uh i know that everybody at our in our tribe just thinks the world of you so um this is just this has been great thank you well thank you also <laughs> all right friends that is all for today what do you think does this make you just have an urge to go run or jump or playfully move around today I have to tell you, I am so, so, so excited to be so close to the beach. I plan to start incrementally training my body's ability to run along the shoreline. I'm not in a hurry, but I am determined. I will have to keep you posted over time to hold me accountable. On a side note, if you do have a story that you want to share on this podcast, please let's connect. 
And don't forget to move every day in whatever way you can. And if you aren't sure where to begin, join us on Friday mornings to move together. And stay on the lookout for other new movement classes that I will be teaching soon in the How We Heal community. Woo woo! And until next time, make this week great.